2NU RFM, it's health and well-being. Thanks to Peter Mullen and Philip Rankin joining us today. And we'd love you to join us as well. Very serious subject today, cancer and how, well, we can really combine two kinds of therapy, conventional and what might be considered more alternative therapies. We really appreciate your calls. If you're sitting there, you may know somebody. It may be yourself that has um, had cancer come into their lives Peter, you see and talk to many areas around cancer and and meet with people often. What's happening out there? Well, it's probably, um, like everybody knows, like for for a long time now, cardiovascular disease has been the leading cause of um, premature death in the Western world. And um, what's um, alarming is that cancer is rapidly starting to overtake cardiovascular disease. So it's one of those conditions, I think, that everybody... Um, knows somebody that has it or has a family member, and probably the the what's really exciting from the the um, research being done, particularly around Chinese and and herbal medicine, particularly, is that a lot of people aren't always aware that even if someone's having conventional um, treatment for cancer, and you know the research, and that's where the research is, and that's where people are still able to probably get the best results. What they're not aware of is that there's a lot more research coming out suggesting or showing the benefits of combining natural medicines with that conventional cancer treatment. Mm. You know, obviously always under discussion with your oncologist or your traditional um, conventional cancer medicine. But what the research is sort of showing is reduced side effects, um, actual improvement in the way chemotherapy works. And one example of that is one of the challenges with... um, say, uh, chemotherapy is that often the first round works really well, Mm. but then the cells, the stem cells that remain become resistant to the drug. So the second round isn't as effective. And then the third round is even least effective. And I just went to a seminar on the weekend in Brisbane and they were sort of showing this great research with certain Chinese herbs that actually helped to um, improve this multi-drug resistance so right. that the cells stay sensitive to the chemotherapy, so which is stimulating to, to be receptive to what's going well, on. Well, cells are happening. so, so these cells are so clever. Like they have pump sips, pump systems in place to actually pump the chemo back out of the cancer cells. So mm. once they sort of get used, get an idea of what the drug's capable of, the cells themselves, you know, develop these pump systems to actually pump the chemo out. So that's why you get the second and third rounds not as effective, but so that's that's just one area that this research is sort of heading is that it can actually improve the efficacy of the chemotherapy. And this is where it becomes exciting, like you mentioned, because in the past, let's say five, even just only five years ago, that type of research and testing measurement wasn't available to support other treatments. Yeah, that's that's the great news is that, and there's still, I'm sure there's still a lot of. Um, um, a, a lot of conservative approach to cancer treatment in, in, in the medical world. But what's great now is that this research is there actually. So for those more, um, um, or those oncologists that are happy to look outside the box, mm. you know, there's some really great concepts around combining the two types. And also too, you know, I always think that if if someone's having conventional treatment for cancer, like the more you can do to improve your whole lifestyle, your diet, I think that really adds value to the person's approach the patient's approach to treatment if they feel like they're doing a lot of things to actually help themselves. And I'm going to talk a bit later on about some awesome things, three things that you can do that that can really massively make a big difference to how you approach your whole cancer treatment. Oh, great, great. Thank you. 
to NURFM. It's health and well-being. And we're joined this afternoon by Peter Mullen and Philip Rankin. And also we've gone to the phones. 49216216 is the telephone number. Julie joins us. Hello and welcome to you, Julie. Warm welcome, Thank Julie. Thank you very much. Uh, I just want to speak about my experience with Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was diagnosed last August, so yep. almost 12 months ago. Yep. And I had been seeing a naturopath prior to that for about 18 months. And when I informed her about Hodgkin's lymphoma and I was going to be undertaking chemotherapy, she said to me that I can still be taking the complementary medicine that she was giving me. And I was very happy to do that. However, when I told my haematologist about this, he was very reluctant to say, yes, go ahead with that. Yes, yes. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, so I was then placed in a position of who do I trust with my health the most? I went down the road of the haematologist because obviously I'd never had cancer before. Yes. And I really wish now that I had gone with my gut instinct and kept going with the naturopathic treatment because I was extremely sick for six months. Well, look, I think first first things first, I think I, I, would, I would say up front, like I think you made the best decision you could at the time Correct. with the information that you had. So I think move like move forward with that. It, it currently like we're we're with all this new research coming through, like there is definitely more discussion happening between uh, naturopaths and the the orthodox medical community, but we still do have a way to go. Yes. What what's beneficial for us though is that there's a lot more research actually that's um um, coming through that actually really supports our state. Mm-hmm. So that's possibly the challenge maybe that your naturopath faced is she didn't have access to that sort of research to actually present some paperwork to the hematologist. Like that's where we may be able to have better communication. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense rather than... Absolutely. So I think that's from our professional point of view, we need to be a little bit more um, on the ball with, with if we're making recommendations, how to actually back that up and have that conversation. But True. sometimes sometimes still that won't always come through, but it's definitely a, a better starting place. So, But I, I do think you've made the, the, the right decision to do what you've done and then now you can really focus on recovering from that. Ab- absolutely, and, and I've come leaps, leaps and bounds since I finished my last treatment in March, so I'm doing really well. Um, but I at the time I, was, I spoke to a... The, my haematologist and also a registrar and and he was adamant that oh definitely not no there's no way that complementary can a complementary medicine can um, work with um, the types of chemotherapy drugs that I was going to be undertaking yeah so, okay. Uh, okay so and he was only quite young so I think um, from my point of view I thought yeah I I don't know if you're you're open to the fact that natural natural medicines can also help play a role. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The times they are a changing. Yeah, there is a, there is a way to go with it. I will agree with you, Julie. Look, mm, thank you yeah. so much, and it's just so lovely to yeah, hear. Appreciate your call, Julie. Thank you very much. Thank so thank you. Lo- so lovely to hear that you're doing well these uh, these now this time. Deborah, hello. Hello. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Hi. Deborah. Uh, yeah, just like the lady that was just on, I um, just finished chemo in March, but I had bowel cancer. Okay. And, you know, it's funny because you get all different people saying, 
Oh, I don't do chemo. Chemo is very poisonous to your body. Um, you should be doing other types of treatment, um, one of them being uh, cannabis oil, and the other one was um, vitamin C infusions. Yes. And, like, it was the first time I'd had cancer, and I just thought, why would I risk that? Because it's my life. Yeah, look... Why, I, I have to go with what's been proven. Absolutely. Already, which is the chemo. Absolutely. Even and though I didn't want to, but... Well, look, the, the, I think, like, um, like Julie, we were just speaking to, I think... As you said, like most people when they have cancer, it is the first time they've ever had anything like that. And yeah. we really, as a, as a society, we never really expect that anything bad is going to happen to us. So I think, I think you always have to make the best decision you can at the time. That's it. And um, That's with, it. with something like I would never recommend to a client to you know, choose one over the other, I personally believe at this point in time that it's actually a combination of the two therapies is where the research sort of suggests that people do get, the majority of people do get their best outcome. Yeah. So... Um, I sort of thought uh, about doing natural therapies as well, but honestly, the chemo, um, it makes you feel so sick. It's hard enough to even just get water and food in your um, belly, let alone anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I didn't do any other thing. I didn't do anything else, just, just the chemo and... Um, you know, as much food and water as I could drink. But yeah. Um, well, look, have have a think about this. If you're if you feel like you've recovered from the the most of the treatment you've had so far, if you're interested yep. uh, to come into our practice and see, and Julie likewise as well, come into our practice and see one of our naturopaths complimentary. Um, yep. We could actually um, give you a bit of an assessment or give you a bit of an idea about what we could do. Uh, now or where your health's actually up to and um, just give you a bit of an idea if there are some things now that you could really be you know focused on and making a big difference okay that sounds good thank you so uh, much deb and uh, look look after yourself i'm just going to put you back to the desk so we can get some details from you but thank you for making the phone call to 2NURFM it is really interesting, actually, guys, just uh, noticing the Premier made an announcement yesterday that cannabis trials will be happening here in the Hunter at the Mount Martyr Cal- Calvary Hospital. So I think that's another step in a, a very different journey, but for people who are terminally ill to help with pain relief, a whole range of things, nausea. Uh, so, you know, we are slowly we're, but surely heading in the, in the direction. It is Health and Wellbeing with Philip Rankin and Peter Mullen. Thanks to Mullen Health, our sponsor. And Lynn is on the phone. Hello and welcome, Lynn. Hello. Good morning. To, oh, good afternoon to everybody. Um, I'm just bringing up because I heard you say earlier when you first started to speak on the radio that you'd been to a seminar and they were using uh, multi-herb um, basic thing with the new treatment with cancer. Uh, actually, what, what I was talking about was that um, research coming through um, looking at herbs that actually can help reduce multi-drug resistance. Well, that's what I'd just like to touch base on, please. Um, in 1998, uh, my husband had a massive car accident and 18 months later he was getting symptoms. They thought he had prostate cancer. Okay. But it ended up he had cancer on the neck of the bladder and the kidney. And the specialist that we were going to, he was going to theatre every three months for treatment. And uh, my daughter started researching and come up with Astragalus 8 
which we put him on immediately. Yes. And I was making a um, a vegetable um, fruit uh, juice. Yes. Uh, and he was taking that daily as well. Yeah. And he has been in remission now for six years. Yay. Fantastic. Great well news. done. Um, back then, a lot, like the lady said, a lot of people were saying, don't do this, don't do that. Go with your gut feeling. And the specialist my husband was under, he was absolutely marvellous. Unfortunately, he's not in this area now. He's in Melbourne. He was absolutely brilliant. And he said to me when I was with him at the hospital, he said, what are you doing? And I told him what I was doing. He said, keep up the good work. That is fantastic. And And, it was lovely to think that someone was not trying to down what we were trying to do the best for him at the time. Well done. Well done. It's wonderful to hear good stories like that. It's really worth looking at that for everybody. And the most important thing we found, keep positive. Yes. And don't hide it. Talk about it as much as you can. Because that's very important. Well, mm-hmm. interestingly, one of the um, the well, latest bits of research coming to light is that that people have people with cancer going through cancer treatments have a much greater outcome when they're in positive, loving relationships and have lots of support around and them as I well. So, I really agree with that. Yeah, that's um, fantastic to hear that story. And twelve months down the track. My daughter was diagnosed with cervical cancer and I've done exactly the same thing for her and she's still in remission. Fantastic. Great stories, Lynn. Listen, thank you so much for sharing. It really means a lot and I know people listening will be suitably inspired by your positivity. It comes down the phone. Your family need to talk. Some people can't. They don't know what to say. Yes. But it's, it's really important that you stay touching, keep base and talk. Good on you, Lynn. Thank you so much for your contribution. It is Health and Wellbeing with Peter Mullen and Philip Rankin this afternoon. And truly, what a lovely story. And just in closing, Peter, you had a a couple of things that you wanted to just briefly touch on. Well, I think a a really good point, and we were talking about this in the break, is that there's still not one known cause of cancer. Like it's a a multifactorial uh, condition or situation that, that arises. From a naturopathic point of view and from an understanding cancer point of view, there's five key areas that we can really help people get a, get a handle on and understand better. And I sort of think of these as five of the major drivers mm-hmm. for cancer. So think of this both if you're undergoing treatment or preventative-wise. Inflammation, immune balance, hormonal balance, insulin, resist- insulin resistance, and digestion and detoxification. Right, so we might talk more about those tonight because really important, the three things, uh, what do we do? What well, are the, the three the, things that the, work? The three things instantly that make a, a massive amount of difference is exercise. And I know we talk about exercise a lot, but people being both treated for cancer during their treatment as soon as possible, 30 minutes, five days a week, has shown significant improvements in um, cancer outcomes, particularly for things like breast cancer and prostate cancer. Um, quality sleep, you know, your adrenal glands recover between 9 p.m. and 1 a.m., so it's important to really get a good night's rest if you're going through these sorts of processes. And stress management, you know, stress really exacerbates all of the five key drivers. And I think probably the most crucial point I'll leave listeners with is cancer is all about poor communication between the cells and the immune system. What Lynn was just saying about excellent open communication is probably you know a major key in helping people 
Beautiful. recover. Thank you. Philip Rankin, Peter Mullen, again, thank you so much. It's health and wellbeing. Thanks to our sponsor, Mullen Health.